What's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Red and Gold Standard Podcast. My name is Zach Hernandez, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Matt Llewellyn, and we got our guys, Brandon and Christian from the Forever Faithful Podcast, and our guy, Mike Andrews from Nothing But Niners. Our guy, Dion from the Niner Game Podcast, will be joining us a little later, but for now, it's your boys here. If you're tuning in on Twitter, head over to youtube.com slash 49ers Hive. It's scrolling across the bottom of your screen. Join from there so we can see and interact with your comments. We got a full house for you guys tonight. We got a great show planned for you this evening. Now that I got all that out, Matt, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Zach. It looks like it's a little bit of an invasion in here. Uh, I fully expect that to happen down at Levi's South on Sunday as well. It's kind of fitting that they changed the 49ers uniforms to the home Reds because it's a home away from home, and we want to welcome all the fellows from other podcasts here. It can be their home away from home. Uh, I'm excited to get into it. Let's dive right in, man. Hell yeah, man. It's going to be it's gonna be a good one. Uh, Brandon, Christian, welcome. It's been a while since we've had you on. How you, how you doing, Christian? Well, I'm good. A little tired. It's been a long day, but uh, I'm doing good. Still riding off that first win, so. I know. I, I love the feeling, man. It's great. Lasts about four days, then you're like, all right, time for week two. Brandon, yep. how you doing? Uh, doing well, man. Just uh, got off work not too long ago. Just chilling, waiting for waiting for the show to start. And uh, just talk about week two and preview uh, getting ready to get uh, beat these lambs. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Mike, how you doing this evening? I am well, man. Just getting in uh, from my bowling league, my Wednesday night bowling leagues out there kicking some butt. And, uh, you know, just setting the stage for my 49ers. I'm ready to do this. That's what's up, Mike. You're, uh, I don't know if it's the filter, but I'm going to give you credit. Your skin looks silky smooth right now. <laughs> Buttery smooth. It, it's, it's my skincare, uh, you know, routine. You guys were talking before the show about some of the stuff that, you know, Bus was using, uh, you know, maybe, maybe <laughs> rub some things in and, you know, get things going. <laughs> we'll leave that between us, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, like I said, we got a fun show planned for you guys this evening. Head over to our YouTube channel. Hit like, hit subscribe. Also, head over to the Forever Faithful Podcast YouTube channel. Like and subscribe there, as well as Nothing But Niners. We got a great show planned for you. So let's get right into it. The first topic on tonight's show is going to be Brock Purdy and where we feel he ranks in the NFL. And let's say, let's add this little caveat through week one of this season. So you can take into consideration what he did last year and then through week one, because I know a lot of people were saying, you know, is he going to hold up after the injury? What's it going to look like? That's a huge injury. Well, he looks pretty good. But uh, before I get your guys' thoughts, there's one clip that I probably should have had up uh, from Micah Parsons, of all people, that I am going to pull up and get your thoughts on because uh, it was quite interesting what he had to say about Brock Purdy. So let me pull this up. We'll play it and then get your guys' thoughts. Work with me here. And sit him to the end. And I just don't think that we should sleep on Brock Purdy no more. Yes, he was a seventh round pick. Yes, he came in late in the season and won six straight games. Took him to the NFC Championship before his injury. But Purdy, you would not be slept on no more, brother. I think people are coming for you the same way they come for Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Yes, you were surrounded by a great team, but you were playing your butt off. And uh, you got one hell of a story, brother. Um, if we were to rank Purdy right now, I would put Purdy around. I think Purdy's a top 15 quarterback. There's things that we still want to see from Purdy. 
not when Purdy's winning, but when Purdy's down. You know, I think the adversity aspect of the football game is huge. Learning how to play from behind, learning situational football. Um, it's not something I'm saying he can't do. It's just something that we just haven't seen yet. And I just don't think that we should sleep on. Quite an interesting uh, take there from Micah Parsons, of all people. Mike, I'm going to start with you. What do you take of this? And after we all share our thoughts, I'm going to go around and name quarterbacks, see if we would take them over Purdy. I want to start by saying that wins have a way of skewing people's opinions on all players, not just quarterbacks, but especially quarterbacks, right? Uh, You have people making Pro Bowls and the NFL that no one even knew was in the league. Like the Niners were so good last year. We had a center make the Pro Bowl and all of us were thinking that we need another center, right? Like it was it was like that heading into the season. No one knew uh, anything. Well, I'm not going to say anything, but much about him. And then next thing you know, it's like, oh, he's in the Pro Bowl, right? Um, I, I look at quarterbacks the way I look at hip hop. There are some people who just do what they do really well. And then there are some other people who are way more skilled and can do a plethora of different things. And those are the people that I am more likely to say are better than other people, right? So Crooked Eye is, uh, I use a West Coast guy for you guys. See see what I did there for the, for the room, right? Crooked Eye is like a chameleon. He can go on any track. And if you want to do, um, you know, melodic rap, he can do it. If you want to, if you want to do, uh, you know, syllable rap he can do that if you want to do lyrical rap he can do that uh crooked eye is one of those guys um tech nine is one of those guys uh they can blend in on any track on but you have a guy like big sean he's going to stay in his lane and he's going to do what he does well brock purdy is the big sean of quarterbacks that's my answer okay damn i like it uh matt what's your what's your thoughts on michael parsons take I mean, I think it's just another in a long line of players that are telling you what nobody apparently wants to believe about Brock Purdy and that not that he's like the most fantastic. It's not like Micah Parsons said he was top five. He said top 15, mm-hmm. right? He's saying this dude ain't no scrub. And and the what they're saying without saying it is that this is the best 49ers quarterback that they've probably had under Kyle Shanahan, right? They, they're not being nobody's pissed off that Brock Purdy's getting this opportunity on other teams going like, you know, Trey Lance didn't get a shot in San Francisco. Like Micah Parsons now has Trey Lance on his team. And it's not like he's sitting out there, you know, nobody talked this way about Jimmy Garoppolo when he was there. I don't remember players saying, Oh, he's top 15. Oh, Jimmy G he's this and this and that. Um, Some of his teammates did because that's what teammates do, but I haven't seen opposing players come after it in such a almost like, like they feel like they have to defend one of the other players in the league because of the amount of negativity that's been surrounding him from the 49ers fan base, from the local media to the national media. So uh, it's, it's an interesting thing and it's not something he had to come out and say or talk about, but he decided that he wanted to. And I, I think that's just a sign of respect goes along with the team voting him team captain as well. Yeah. It's, it's in this trend of, all these players starting a podcast. So I think Micah just kind of volunteered this information up on a podcast. Uh, Christian, what's your take on what Micah said? Surprising at all? Uh, no, I think, I think Micah Parsons uh, really be making himself one of the best, you know, he's becoming on the field, one of the best players, but he's working kind of working on his, you know, stuff off the field too. I think he's just going to be one of those guys. that's like, you know, 
the figurehead of the league kind of guys, and he's going to be a great player for a long time. Um, I, I like that he come out. He came out and uh, <clears throat> is giving Purdy his props. Um, but I can also see why, because it's kind of funny, you know. It is kind of ironic how he says, well, Purdy hasn't shown that much adversity. I'm like, the most adversity he faced was against against the Cowboys when he was down late in the fourth quarter and came and scored, had to, put the Niners on a, on a drive late in the fourth quarter, which helped us win the game. So I know he hasn't, see, he hasn't played enough to see a lot of adversity, but the one time he did show complete adversity to beat the Cowboys, you know, he went through it. It was a bad game. He's playing awful. We needed one drive to, to take the lead late in the fourth quarter in that game, and he did it. So um, I think, you know, obviously you need a lot of incidences to say it, but I just thought that was kind of funny that coming from the guy where whose team that happened to. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's I'm, I'm really excited to get to this list, but before I do, Brandon, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Um, it was actually kind of shocking coming from uh, Micah Parsons, but – I mean, he's not lying. I think. I think. I also agree with him. He's. I say top fifteen quarterback. Um, I think we're in for a great ride this season too with pretty under center, and I'm excited to see it. And I was one of the ones that said in the off season, as Christian could uh, say for me, um, I was worried about how he was going to look coming off that injury. So, I mean, the way he looked on Sunday was, I was surprised. But I was also like confident that that he was going to look good. So I'm I'm excited for the season. I, I think this is the best we've looked in a while. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely a great start to the year. I think that for some reason, 49ers fans, there's like this divide, and maybe we can attribute it to way back with Jimmy Trey, and then Trey Purdy, Trey Sam, all these weird arguments 49ers fans have been having online for the past couple of years. And maybe that's why some fans don't even like trust their own eyes when they see Purdy playing well. Yet when you have like a, a star player from our rival is saying it, like, I think it, it may force some of these fans to kind of take a step back and look at it objectively and take the emotion out of it and realize like, you know, he is pretty good. Um, so let's, let's, let's get through this list. And you guys can all say, you know, yes or no. You can nod yes or no. Um, however you want to do it. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes. I think we don't have Patrick Mahomes over Brock Purdy. Uh, Josh Allen. We don't have Josh Allen over Brock Purdy. Joe Burrow. We'd all take Joe Burrow over Brock Purdy. Jalen Hurts. Matt says no. Christian, no. Mike. You would take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy? Yes, you would or no, you wouldn't? You would. Okay. Brandon. No. Okay. So I would, I would take Jalen Hurts over Brock Purdy. Trevor Lawrence. Yes. If you're eh, you can side on the, the yes side. How about that? Just let's make this as fair as possible to the Brock Purdy doubters out there. So if you're on the eh, Justin Herbert, I would. Yep. Lamar Jackson. I know Matt's answer already. I, I still would. Dak Prescott, definitely Wait, not. Can, can I ask, though, why would you take Lamar Jackson in this offense over Brock Purdy? I just think he's a... He can't, he he can't run this offense. He doesn't have the precision timing. We're going to run into the same problem that we had with Trey Lance and the same problem that we ran into okay, occasionally I, with Jimmy Garoppolo. I get it. I get it. That's not... Wait. 
no, no, no. We're, not, not... we're not debating this. We're not debating okay. this. I don't, I'm Sorry. trying to flee through this. Uh, I should have known Lamar would have been the one to bring it out of us. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, Dak Prescott, we all said no, right? Clearly. Tua. Mike, Mike says yes. Christian says yes. I'm leaning yes. Kirk. Kirk Cousins, no. Mike says yes. Matt says yes. Christian, no. I'm going to say no just because I think that that's where Brock Purdy could be very soon, and he's getting paid a hell of a lot less to do it. Uh, Jared Goff, no, 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 no. Matthew Stafford. It's tough because, like, prime Matthew Stafford on a contract where he's got you. But right now, no, absolutely not. Uh, Okay, Geno Smith, no. Justin Fields, no. Deshaun Watson, no. Yeah. Deshaun Watson and never let him get into a massage parlor. Uh, Derek Carr. I'm on the fence, so I'm going to say yes. Russell Wilson. Interesting. A lot of no's. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> I'm sure it's a no. Uh, let's see. Daniel Jones. No. Anthony Richardson. That's okay. We'll keep the rookies out because we really don't know. So let's keep the rookies out. Uh, Mac Jones. Baker Mayfield. No. I think everybody after this point is a no. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So I'd say there's a solid. 10 to 12 quarterbacks, depending on the iffy ones that would go over Brock Purdy. So just by that, is it that much of a stretch to say Brock Purdy's a top 15 quarterback in the NFL right now? Mike, you're shaking your head. No, no. Can I say something real quick? Yeah, go ahead. I was just, I just found it interesting. So many people said no to Tua other than his health. He's already in the same offense and he just, and he puts up a lot of, a lot of yards. And he would do the same thing with our weapons that he does with the ones he has in. in Not the same uh, thing. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are two of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. They just break defenses. That's that's what that, they do. So you think you think all, two, all two his... and Purdy are the same player? Okay. All right. That's fair. All right. I'll give it to you that. Then. You back down way too easy for my liking there. Uh, I think that we would see a, a <laughs> different dynamic from this offense, including weapons like Gray, like Ayuk. They would be used more downfield. Uh, with their route running and the way they break ankles, uh, you would see a very similar thing here than what is what you're seeing in Miami. I think we would put up more points. It would be a very much uh, the run game would open up a lot more and everything. Okay. All right. Uh, Mike, my initial question to you was top 15 quarterback stretch, not a stretch, not a stretch at all. No, not a stretch at all. Okay. All right. Uh, Matt, I'm going to throw it to you. Is this no. oh. promising? Because we're saying this, what, eight or nine games in? Or how many games sure. has he played now? Nine games? Um, does, is this like indicative, indicative of where he is and probably will be? Or do you think there's still a lot of room for growth when it comes to Brock I don't, Purdy? He's got a lot of experience. I don't know exactly how much more room for growth he has. Um, he's already, what, 23 years old. So he's already going to be you know, starting to come to the limit of his natural physical ability. Um, as he gets more comfortable in the offense, we could see a little bit more efficiency, right? I know that uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked today about the what he said to Brock about the strip sack fumble or whatever, and he was saying, like, ideally, you know, 
that play would have developed faster. But if it doesn't, sometimes you just got to tuck it and take a sack rather than just try to wait for it to come open. And I think that comes with a little bit more experience inside this offense. But I think that he's going to live between the top 10 and the top 15. And that's perfectly fine for what the 49ers have on this team right now for this Super Bowl window. I could see a few years down the line, if they start to lose pieces, then maybe Brock Purdy kind of isn't as efficient just because of the nature of every quarterback losing weapons kind of comes back down to earth a little bit. We saw it with Patrick Mahomes against the Lions, right? Uh, wide receivers that typically would be sure-handed or not having a Travis Kelsey there really limited what Patrick Mahomes could even do. So, um, you know, all, all quarterbacks to some extent are a product of their system and the talent around them. It's just what level do those things affect you? So I think Brock living between 10 and 15 with the talent that's on the 2023 49ers is perfectly fine. But when we get to 2027, 2028, some of these guys getting older, maybe they're not as good. If they're not replenishing it the right way, that's going to be complimentary to him. I could see him kind of stalling in terms of efficiency. Okay. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that What's tough is, and I hate to, I'm not, I'm not comparing them at all. Right. But it's like looking back and I, I watched a couple of highlights because obviously I don't have access to those games, but when Tom Brady first came in, right. And there's that clip going viral about how, you know, he was able to win with scrubs at the wide receiver positions. And this is even like his first full year of starting. And I keep thinking like when that era happened, when Tom Brady first came in and it's his first full season as a starter, did any like obviously nobody knew how good he was going to be and were there tells then that he was going to be this like you know arguably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game christian you have your head up do you think there were or what i, I don't i would say no because he it took him a while to really become tom brady like it if you if you look at it like look at some of the scores some of the stats when he first started i mean he had the best defense in the league so that had a lot to do with it, and they were they were getting wins with low low in low scoring games, stuff like that. I mean, yeah, he, he had some intangibles, that, you know, that you can't teach and stuff like that. But I think he, I think he progressed and got better every single year. Brady got better, just found a, some kind of way, what whether whatever it was, he got better progressively each year. But I don't I don't think it was all out there to see even at first, like um, just you know. But he's he's smart. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot and he makes the he finds the open guy and makes the makes the right throw and he did that as you know when he first came to the league and that's important to to be a good quarterback especially when you got a good defense don't do anything stupid let the defense you know keep you in the game and then so he he like almost game managed when he first came to the league from what i remember at least and then as he got as he got better then he just took over and you couldn't stop him Mike, do you have anything to add to that? I do. I think that with this exercise, a lot of the times we look at what a player has done and we try to say, oh, they wouldn't fit here. But we, I think with the exercise, what we should be doing is trying to envision what they could do in this offense with this team, right? So saying Tom Brady was dependent on a top 10 defense, well, so is every quarterback here for the last four years, right? They all have had a top 10 defense uh, and then we've had better weapons around them. So when you're when you you know you just pick a quarterback. I don't I don't care which one. Take Lamar Jackson, right? Not to bring it back to that debate or anything like that. We've never seen him uh, be asked to hit people in stride on the short passes. His coordinator for what four or five years was Greg Roman, and I think we all felt like it was run the ball well, take a couple of shots, and just make plays happen. And that's 
that's the offense that he was in. If you were to bring him here, I don't know that he couldn't hit these guys on a three-step drop. I don't know that to be sure. So that's what we should be asking ourselves is what they would look like in this system, not just is he better than that quarterback. It's what would they look like here. And that that's a very, very different question. I do agree that Brock Purdy is a top 15 quarterback right now, though. So I want to be clear with what I'm saying. See, I, just to add to that, it, I think the biggest thing with Lamar is, and this, I mean, just Kyle's, it's processing. Processing is the number one thing you have to have in this offense. If you can't process quick enough, then you're going you're gonna to struggle in this offense, which is why I think Lamar would struggle. I don't think he'd process quick enough um, to run this offense. My counter to that is, who was Lamar Jackson's top wide receiver, his top pass catcher? It's Mark Andrews, right? Yes. It's all the, it's the short routes from his tight end. That's mm-hmm. his top guy. Now imagine that with Kittle, but then you have Christian McCaffrey doing the short routes also for the checkdowns, and you have Debo, who was a monster within five yards plus or minus of the, of the line of scrimmage. They don't have that luxury over there in Baltimore to say that he can't do it. The one person that they do that with is their tight end. So now give him three more weapons that can do that same thing. He might. I'm not saying he will. We Obviously, this is all hypothetical, but I'm saying that he might look very different. Mm. Matt, I feel like you're you're dying to get get in here. Uh, it's not it's not that. I don't need, you know, my feelings on Lamar Jackson are just that he stopped developing as a passer after his MVP season that he's just been the same and whether he's been asked that or not. I don't find his ball placement to be elite. I think that he has really elite throws at times, but the consistency just isn't there that I think Kyle Shanahan would need. And I think that that would be a hindrance more than more than a help. Um, it's the same reason, you know, why I don't think necessarily some of the other guys that you guys would take, right? Like a Derek Carr, like I know, Zach, you you nodded your head for that one. To me, I don't think Derek Carr is efficient enough to play in this offense. He's too streaky, too up and down. Um, and it's why I think somebody, you know, like Trevor Lawrence for me is a more fit. He's still young enough that you can coach him up if you need to. But he's already shown progressive growth from year one to now, and he's become he's coming into his own as a good quarterback. Um, a lot of the other guys is like wait and see, right? I actually think the the perfect quarterback for the system, believe it or not, it like it in in a vacuum. If I wanted any quarterback to run the system, it would probably be Joe Burrow, and he he would probably run it just as well as anybody could. And that's over Mahomes, who I think tries to get off script too much, which would probably piss off Kyle, right? Josh Allen. That man does not slide, and he puts the ball in harm's way, yeah. right? Not not a, a good thing for a Kyle Shanahan offense. I, I do think that Joe Burrow would be probably the prototypical. If you said, Kyle, who could you pick around the league? He'd probably pick a Joe Burrow. But I think Purdy is going to do well here. And like, like I said, I think he's a top 15 quarterback as well, just based off of what he's doing here and what they're asking him to do. So, yeah. What, what is crazy to me is, We've said this multiple times, right? Like, I think we all think what Kyle likes about Purdy so much and, and arguably the most is his accuracy. And we've how many times have we said Kyle's looking for an extension of his brain out there on the field running his offense because he knows what the hell needs to be done. He just can't physically go out there and do it. If Kyle could start himself as quarterback, he probably would, but he can't. So he's like, if somebody could just do what I'm telling you to do, Jimmy could do it like 70% of the time, right? And Kyle did it operated an offense to where he could do it a lot more than that. But even then it was still too difficult for him. So that's what I think is so 
crazy about Brock Purdy and his immediate success, I would attribute it to his accuracy and his dependability and his consistency. Uh, but we got our guy Dion in here from the Niner Game Podcast. Dion, how you doing? We're rock- talking about Brock Purdy and where he ranks. The question was, we went through all the quarterbacks and we all kind of agreed he was anywhere between 10 and 14. Would you agree he's a top 15 quarterback right now, Dion? 150%. There's no reason that he shouldn't be a top 15 quarterback. There aren't 15 quarterbacks that are doing that much better than Brock Purdy. Um, I believe he's leading the league right now with his QBR, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, love his decision-making. Love exactly what he does every time he gets out there on the field. Um, you know, the guy just – he has what Shanahan wants. Um, I think that the uh, report that came out a while back uh, – with that coach talking about how Shanahan is, is completely accurate. He is a in the moment kind of guy. It's like, if you show him, you know, that you can do it, he's going to put you on the field. The number one thing Shanahan doesn't trust is rookies, you know, but I have to say, sticking to the question, Brock Purdy definitely is a, definitely a top 15 quarterback, possibly top 10. You know, if his season continues in the way that he's going, he definitely will be, you know, top 10 by uh, end of the season. I just – the only thing I'll say is got to get, you know, get that ball out a little bit faster at times. Um, Colton McKivitz was struggling with T.J. Watt. And when you – as a quarterback – and he's still growing. Mind you, this dude's still a rookie. So, technically speaking, you know, he hasn't played a full season. Um, so he's growing. He will continue to progress. I have no doubt in my mind. But what I will say is he's got to know I got a weak weak point on my right side. I have to be mindful of that, especially when you got T.J. Watt screaming off that edge. McKivitt's had him for like a little bit, and then T.J. did what he always does. He figured it out. So that's probably the only thing. But, I, yeah, no question in my mind. Definitely top the team. That is crazy. And uh, today, I, I forget which reporter asked him, but one of the reporters asked him, asked Kyle, that is, hey, uh, after one of your conversations or one of the, the drives that kind of stalled, it looks like you pulled Brock aside and had a private conversation with him. Do you mind sharing with us what it said? And he basically said, I just kind of told him, you know, hey, that's a my bad. I expected that route to develop a little quicker. It didn't. And you need to basically be able to protect yourself in that situation. We can't have you risking your body out there like that just because the route took too long to develop. I appreciated him hearing that, if that is what he really told Brock Purdy, uh, because I think uh, maybe I'm the only one whose heart sank about four times on Sunday watching TJ watch just completely manhandle uh, Colton McKivitz and throw him into the, out of the way and go straight to Brock Purdy. Luckily, nothing serious happened, but that was terrifying. terrifying. I was actually happy about that. The number one reason I was, I wanted to see how he would fare. I wanted to see if he got up and he was holding that arm, if he was wincing, if they looked like there was any pain. I don't want him to get sacked. Don't get me wrong. But seeing him get sacked three times and get up and nothing's wrong, that makes me feel good because I know, okay, he's truthfully fully healed. We didn't rush him back. He's doing exactly what he needs to do, you know, and we're okay. I don't want him getting sacked, but it tells me, that he's okay. And that that's that's where I find comfort in that. Other than that, yeah, we got to make sure we, you know, keep some help for McKivitz, but I'm happy about that. Go ahead, Christian. I just wanted to ask you guys 
a question about like do you do you guys see the Purdy being able to actually improve on his arm strength over the next couple of years? Uh, I mean, not. I I thought I saw a little more zip on the ball in the last game, but I could have sworn I've seen other quarterbacks improve their arm strength. So that's why, I, like, I remember when I could Brady, for instance, when he came in, his arm wasn't as strong, and then shit would. Later in his career, he gets freaking Randy Moss, and he's throwing it 80 yards down the field. So maybe I'm wrong, but Th- this might like, be a good question for Matt, like the medical professional. Is yeah, arm yeah, strength yeah. something that can be improved upon, or is it kind of like whatever you have, you have? It it can be to a certain extent. I've seen you know pitchers in baseball go from throwing like 92, 93 to throwing like 97, 98. It takes a long time. You have to adjust mechanics, which – um, you know, I think it's a little bit easier in baseball. The problem with football is that the ball is is so big and it's it's an irregularly shaped object and you have people flying around you. You're limited to what you can do from a musculoskeletal perspective through exercising, through strengthening of, of the tendons and ligaments and the musculature of, of the shoulder, um, going through, you know, a pretty meticulous routine of, of building up that strength. But it's not going to be anything ridiculous like he's not going to go from you know being what he is now to being a a josh allen or patrick mahomes that's just not in the cards it can improve i would say five percent six percent which is not nothing right that's not absolutely nothing um i just think that it's harder than you think and, and people are generally capped and it's much more difficult to do in football than baseball baseball you're up on the mound you're doing the same thing over and over and over again it's routine you might get an extra mile an hour on your fastball just from gripping it differently, you know? So football is a lot different in that regard. There is a little bit you can do, but he's never going to be one of the, one of the gunslingers in the NFL for sure. Got it. Got it. Um, Yeah. This is just, it, it's such a crazy conversation we've been having right now. Like if we just go back to week, I don't even know what it was 11 of last year. Then when he got hurt weeks, we week 10, we got hurt in my, uh, sorry, when Jimmy got hurt in Miami, I don't think any of us would have imagined we'd be sitting here week one talking about Brock Purdy. One, two, he's got a C on his chest. Three, we're talking about him as a top 15 quarterback. Like, I think we just need to take a second and really realize where we're at. Like, what a meteoric rise this kid has had. And it's really cool to see, not only as a fan of the 49ers, but just a fan of the NFL. And I saw, I forget what which one of these NFL reporters tweeted it out. That Sunday will be the first time a number one overall pick will face off against the last overall pick of Mr. Irrelevant starting at quarterback for each team. So that's just a cool dynamic to see. Uh, but we're going to get into the, the the Rams preview. But before I do, again, if you guys are headed, watching on Twitter, head over to YouTube.com slash 49ers Hive. Join from there. Hit like, hit subscribe while you're there. We appreciate everybody tuning in. What, I, what question I have for you guys is how important is it we talked about this for three months in the offseason, so I'm sure I already know you guys' answer. Mike, I'm going to start with you. A hot start. We heard the 49ers talk about it. George Kittle seemed pretty thrilled that they actually did get a hot start, at least in week one. How important is that for that hot start to continue? It, it's very important, uh, especially because, you know, this team seems to get better as the season goes on. If they can continue uh, this, this streak, I'm saying a streak, it's been one game, right? But if they can continue... Uh, building on you know what what they started already, this team is going to be dangerous. I do believe that they they will get better as the season goes on. So I, I don't think it's uh, far fetched to really need this to to work out right now. Um, the 
the the guys have this this confidence already um and i'm not saying that they're they're they have a fragile mindset or anything like that i don't, i don't think that's the case but i do think that football is a game of emotions and of momentum and so they want to ride that momentum as long as they can keep it going and you know a, a 2 and 0 start first place in the division it, it it will it will pay dividends down the road i really do think so oh and then the one thing i want to say uh so my dad is friends with this guy who was a college and uh high school quarterbacks coach and he was having a, a cookout one year and we're out i'm in the my brother plays college ball but he's a lineman so it's not like you know we were doing anything crazy but we were in the street playing catch and i was showing you know the guy how far i could throw the ball and he was like now watch this he showed me two little techniques uh and it improved the velocity and accuracy on my passes it didn't make me stronger the arm strength didn't improve but the ball had a significant amount of zip velocity and i was throwing it it went from like rainbow balls down the street to like Colin Kaepernick type zip like on a line the same distance and so those are things that can be improved on that that's you know transferring the the weight from your hips to your your arm and all that like all of that is a real thing and those are the kind of things that Brock Purdy will be able to improve on uh, throughout the career it's just if you can do it consistently because a lot of times when you're facing live bullets you re you resort back to muscle memory well yeah my only my only pushback on that is if you watch his mecha his mechanics are actually really good he's got a strong base wide feet like steps into his throws I just think it's hard going to be hard for him. It's just going to be like little little refinement, you know what I mean? And again, at 23, there's going to be a little bit more room for growth in terms of a strength and um, musculature standpoint, but he's going to peak probably physically at 25, 26 like most people do. Um, and anything that he's going to get is going to be between now and then, um, but it's not going to be something like eye-popping in my opinion. All right, guys, uh, we are going to, by the way, I see somebody in the chat who is saying that we're just downplaying Purdy's, you know, performance I mean, for I, the sake I can, of it. We can name like nine or 10 that are definitively better than Purdy at this point. That's yeah. not, but that's not even disrespect to Purdy. He has, he's only been doing it for nine games. Yeah. I think it's actually encouraging that we consider him top 15 already nine games in. So while you take it as disrespect, I take it as something incredible. You know, 262 pick last year. Now he's top 15 at his position. That That's an underdog story if I ever heard one. Not only that, but um, I just, what do we get out of downplaying Brock Purdy? You know what I mean? Like, what, what what's in it for me to tell you he's not as good as he actually is? It should be the other way around, and maybe I'd get more clicks and likes if we were telling you he's the best quarterback in the league, but there's really not much for us to gain out of it. You know what I mean? Like, so I think we're all being genuine here. I, I, I don't see the... Uh, the motive for us to lie about it. He says Mahomes and Burrow, are the only two quarterbacks I'd rather have. And that's it. Yeah. See, well, that's the Yeah. That's uh, it, look, everyone's a fan. I appreciate it, but, and, and look, I'm not doubting. He might be top three by the end of the year, but to say he is right now after one game, I just think that's where we disagree. Um, but all right, before we get into this Rams game, we got a promo for y'all. Let me pull up. Uh, it's got to be somewhere here. There it is, guys. Let's make some money this weekend. Who wants to make some money? MyBookie.ag. Use promo code HIVE as in H-I-V-E. I'm not going to lie. 
I'm 0 for 5 this week, right? The Thursday game, the Sunday game, the Sunday night game, and the Monday night game. I didn't hit a single one of those bets. I blame Aaron Rodgers mostly because a lot of my bets were on him Monday night and things that had to do with him. That's all right. Because the best thing about betting is it starts all over the next game day. And guys, the next game day is tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, we got an NFC showdown, a rematch from last year. Minnesota Vikings travel to Philly to face the Eagles. If I could hope for both of them to lose, I would do that. But one of them, one of them's got to win. So I might as well hope for Minnesota, level them both down to one and one. Are we going to see primetime Kirk Cousins choke it up again? Or are we going to see him boasting the chains like he has sometimes? This is the great, greatest part about my bookie. It's all up to you. Whatever bets you want to place, it's all up to you. You think Kirk's going to have five touchdowns? You think the Eagles are going to win by 40? You think Devontae Smith's going to have three touchdowns? Whatever it is, you can even bet if there's going to be a defensive score. Right now, mybookie.ag and use promo code HYPE. You might be asking, what's this promo code? Give me, Zach. It matches your first deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. You deposit $1,000, they'll match you $1,000. You deposit 50 bucks. They match you 50 bucks. You can do the math, guys. Mybookie.ag, promo code Hive. Go take advantage. All right, guys. Week two, baby. 49ers are here. Rams are here. Both 1-0. Rams are surprising 1-0, but that's all right. 49ers travel to LA. Matt, I'm going to throw it back to you. What are you keeping a close eye on Sunday? Uh, I'm going to keep a close eye on how the defense responds to what the Rams are probably going to do. Same thing they did last year, and it's the same thing that they did week one against Seattle. They're going to work really quick releases towards the line of scrimmage. And how are they going to be able to contain that? Now, they don't have Cooper Cup over there in L.A., but they had a guy come out of nowhere and get 10 catches. Are they going to be able to uh, you know, stop what they want to stop? Or are they going to allow this? I, I can't remember his name. It's like Puka or something like that. Something like that. But it, are they going to allow some unnamed guy to, to get after him like the Seattle Seahawks did? This is a prime example of the 49ers needing to come out and get off to that fast start that we talked about because it's real quick. It, real quickly, you can get behind the eight ball. And this is a chance to make a statement in the NFC West that the division is yours, that the 49ers are the best team in the division, if not the conference. Um, and they got to come out and really control the line of st- scrimmage. Matthew Stafford isn't going to outrun anybody. So, you know, he's there in the taking for the pocket rush for cover the line of scrimmage. Don't let anybody get behind you. It really just looking for another big time defensive, uh, output here for this week. Well said, man, it's going to be a great game. I'm hoping the 49ers have a repeat of last week and last season. Um, aside from the heartbreaker, NFC championship game. Obviously the 49ers have won eight straight against the Rams regular season games. They look to make it nine straight. Uh, Dion, I'm gonna throw it back to you. What do you expect from Brock Purdy? Let's keep talking about it. I expect Purdy to go out there and ball. This Rams defense is right for the picking. You got to think about it, man. Like outside of AD, can you tell me another defensive player? I, I don't, I don't know. I truthfully don't know anyone else on their defense. And it's a little sad because, you know, AD's daddy is gone. He went over to the Tennessee Titans, Mr. Brunskill. Um, You know, it kind of sucks that he left, you know, because I would love for him to be there just to own him purposely. Um, But I expect Brock Purdy to go out there and and ball, execute the game plan. Um, I expect us to do what we normally do, go into our house in Levi South and kick the Rams' teeth in. And I expect their fans to continue to try to say this is the Rams' house while we read out their stadium 
and while they cry and leave early because we're going to win. That's just what I expect when it comes to the Rams. I'm sorry. And I know it may sound very cocky and very brash. And good old Jim Everett, the greatest, finally in the building to swear up and down that the Rams are the, 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 the you know, going to win the Super Bowl again. But I mean, it, it at the end of the day, when you look at the Rams, shout out to Puka Nakua, shout out to Tutu Atwell. They showed up, they played very well. Here's the difference you were playing the Seahawks who didn't have a pass rush. Uh, Y'all, y'all forgot we had five sacks last week. Did y'all forget that? Did y'all forget we put a lot of pressure on uh, Mr. Pickett? Did y'all forget that we had an interception? We had two interceptions. One almost returned for a touchdown. Like, I'm just saying, Rams fans cannot sit here and look at this game and go, we have, you know, the greatest shot at winning. I understand the confidence, but it would be misplaced. Brock Purdy is going to go out there and slice and dice your defense up. And Matt Stafford is going to wind up laying on the ground looking at the sky a lot because we're going to be putting him on his back. I've said it again. I've said it before. I'll say it again. His name is Drake Jackson. Get familiar because he's coming. Pause. Okay. All right. I love it. Uh, Brandon, I haven't heard from you in a minute. Outside of Christian McCaffrey and his fantastic 65-yard run and a few other good runs, Fortnite has kind of struggled a little bit on the ground game outside of Christian McCaffrey. I want that to be stated. Uh, do you expect any more of Elijah Mitchell, maybe Jordan Mason, or do you think they're going to stick with Christian McCaffrey and just kind of get what they can out of him? Um, I think they're going to stick with CMC. Um, I noticed that they did a lot last week, even though they did say that they were going to limit him a little bit, but they needed to continue to use him throughout the whole game. Um, uh, we barely saw Elijah Mitchell and that kind of makes me wonder about that situation, but maybe we'll see, um, uh, God, I went blank on his name right now. Not Elijah, but, um, Jordan, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason. There you go. Jordan Mason. Maybe we'll see him a little bit, uh, coming, uh, coming this week. But, um, I do also have to say, um, going into this week as well. I'm still kind of worried about that right side on the O-line. Um, well, I hope McKibbitz, uh bounces back and looks way better than he did uh, last Sunday. I just got to say, uh, Chris Everett, sorry, Jim Everett saying Rams takeover in the chat. It's hilarious to me because it's, it's 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 the Rams stadium. Do you, can you take over your own stadium for a home game? Isn't that kind of the standard? Uh they haven't been able to yet. No, they haven't. <laughs> Mike, they, they, have the help, they have the help exactly. of AI now, I heard. Talk that yeah. talk, Matt. Talk that talk. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I'm going to toss it to you. We saw Brandon Ayuk go off, right? Eight catches, eight targets, I think 129 yards, two touchdowns. Do you expect that to continue? I don't want to say this is the reason why, but contract year, maybe. It's having a little bit to do with it. Do you think we see a little a repeat of that from B.A.? Uh, I don't think we see 100% completion. Uh, you know, he was eight for eight. Um, but I do think that he's going to get his. Uh, I know, you know, you guys are talking about Aaron Donald and, you know, who else is there. Uh, but Akella Witherspoon has been get itching to get back. Just, just, just hear me out. Just hear me out. Could I'm even make saying, it an hour. I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to do anything special, but I'm not saying he's not either. There's something about players who go against their former teams. They have something to prove. That's all I'm saying. And I think that he knows this offense well. 
He practiced against it for years. He might be a factor in this game. I just think it, you know, we we have to be mindful of that. Those things make a difference. They make a difference. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but I, I expect Brandon Ayuk to be just fine. Uh, I will be interested to see who's covering who um, and how they choose to cover people. Are they going to have someone shadowing a certain player or not? But, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, Matt, your turn. Listen, the last time I saw an Akella Witherspoon highlight was when he was getting yeeted last week by DK Metcalf. Um, I Akella, Akella about to get worried, bro. And the legal block in the back is reflective of his coverage ability? No, the fact that the 49ers booted his ass out of town and he's on his fifth team is reflective of his coverage ability. Okay. I think I saw um, he has like a dislocated rib or something. I don't know. So something he has a rib and a hip contusion. So That's he's got a rib and a hip bruise, but he's yeah. going to be able to play. Yeah. That was a pretty nasty hit from DK. I was going to. Honestly, that was, that was fucked up. Like yeah. you can't do that kind of thing. Like that's not even cool. But Way too dirty. That's. Uh, that's yeah. That's DK. Yeah, he's like the only diva wide receiver left in the NFL at this yeah. point. And, you know, it's funny because it's like the exact opposite of the 49ers. They have a Juwan Jennings who gets in the head of the other players. And DK is like the player that is able to get into his head. Uh, Matt, my question for you. 49ers allowed seven points last week. Sure. What type of defensive performance do you expect next this week? Um, I, I think it's, you know, it's hard to hold teams under double digits in the NFL. That's just the nature of 2023 NFL football. It's just not realistic each each week. Um, I don't think that we can have an expectation of, of, you know, anything less than 10 points, but that doesn't mean that the 49ers aren't going to be able to get stuff done because this is a team that since Brock Purdy took over has scored 30 points in each of his, at least 30 points in each of his regular season starts. I would expect more of the same. There's going to be, you know, if they can hold the Rams under 20, I mean, that's, that's something that you're looking at as like a pretty good day. If they can hold them under 14, that would be, this is 49ers football. Everything's gone right. We're forcing turnovers. We're doing the same thing that we did last week. And, you know, on a week-in, week-out basis, basis, you can be around that area, oscillate over 14, under 14. But as long as they can keep them under 20, I mean, they're, they're doing their job. You know what I mean? NFL football is, is a lot. And when you look at the 49ers and how much they score, that also puts pressure on the defense. That gives the other offense more possessions right like every time the 49ers score that means the ball goes right back to the opponent and they have a chance to score if they can tackle i would expect them to do really well um but i agree with brandon his assessment that right side of the line has to have a better performance than they did last week they have to account for aaron donald that's going to be the big one going to be tough um but we'll see how they handle it uh christian i'm gonna throw it to you we saw drake jackson have his breakout game, three sacks, matching his sack output total from last year. Uh, Nick Bosa obviously came into camp, came into the season, excuse me, late, missed camp with the contract negotiation holdout. Do you expect Bosa to still kind of be a little uh, rod? Or what's the term I'm looking for? Catch up to speed, a little slow, a little behind, and maybe the rest of the defensive linemen have to pick up the speed? Or do you think one week, one game was enough for Bosa? We'll see, you know, him getting those numbers back in the, in the, tally uh i think he'll be fine uh, i think he loves to play the rams and especially stafford we gotta remember when we play stafford he's a statue and there's nothing more that our defensive line looks than quarterbacks that are statue i think we're gonna get to i think we're gonna have just as many if not more sacks against 
against the Rams because Stafford can't move. Uh, I'd, I'd say Bosa gets one for sure, maybe two. Uh, I think he'll come back and be fine. Um, week of practice and everything, I think I think he'll be good. Um, I'm looking – I'm actually – my favorite matchup this whole game I want is just watching what the, the D-line freaking uh, dominate because I think that we could have get many sacks and just like another year – for Stafford, I mean, he's how much he's been in the league since 2009. He's coming off a what, back injury, right? So he's definitely not going to be able to move fast. He, you know, if you give him time in the pocket, he'll he'll freaking annihilate you. But uh, we're not going to we're not the Seahawks. We're not giving him time in the pocket. Um, and I'm I'm interested too to see because I know the the defensive line is going to eat what how we're going to play the corners. I want to see the I kind of want to see like the corners be extremely physical to start the game. Um, the two the two receivers that did well for the Rams last week are small. Like they're not super big. Like Puka Nakua played. I know he played for the Huskies for a year and then came win and played for BYU. So I know who Nakua is. His brother played for Utah. He's not super big, and then Tutu's not big either. So I'd like to see us be super physical. And I think the more physical the corners are, I think we're gonna get up. We're just gonna be all over uh, Stafford all game, and I think Bosa is gonna have at least two sacks. Damn. All right. I love it. Uh, Mike, I'm going to toss it back to you. Which team had the more impressive win in week one? The 49ers versus the Steelers or the Rams versus the Seahawks? Oh, 49ers versus Steelers. Um, and I, I don't think it's close. I think the Niners took the foot off the gas in the second half. I think they just wanted to get out of there safe. Uh, I think it could have been much worse than what it was. Um, and the Rams were trying all game. Now, I don't want to take anything away from them, but I actually have the game on in the background right now, and it it's cool. They found a way to put the points up, but I'm not seeing anything that was like, you know, you can't stop this. With the Niners, they're, they're going to find the mismatch on the field. They'll find it early, and they're going to scheme around that for the rest of the game. Uh, so I think the Niners' win was definitely more impressive. Yeah. I'd have to agree with you there. Um, although I'll give the Rams some credit. I, and this was one of my bets, one of my parlays, I had did not have the Seahawks losing to the Rams in Seattle to start the season. But I was listening to Eric Armstrong's podcast. Weird shit just happens in week one, right? Like it's a crapshoot. Teams are still trying to get a feel for each other, for themselves. And maybe teams you don't expect to win, win. Teams you don't expect to lose, lose. But at the same time, I think we've heard for the past six months how good the Seahawks are. Maybe we need to pump those brakes a little bit because they're not that great. Matt, is that what you're about to say? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I listen, I just want to go into like you're not gonna see another game where, you know, a, a, an opposing team gets 12 yards in the second half of a football game, which is what Seattle did against uh, the LA Rams. And I just want to say, I know it's week one. I'm not hyperbolic, but I'm getting that. I told you so about Geno Smith ready. 16 to 26 for 112 yards is trash. Trash. And he doesn't have the type of, you know, capital in the bank to back it up like a Joe Burrow or a Lamar Jackson, who also had really rough week ones. He doesn't have that cachet saved up. He had a good 10 games last year and then fell back to earth. It looks like he's back to being the Geno Smith that we all know and love. So I would not. I, listen, the Rams might be feeling themselves after this, but they're in for a rude awakening if they think that this offense for the 49ers is going to come out and do the same stuff that, that Seattle did. That was pathetic. Yeah. 
That was that was pretty shocking. And uh, yeah, 12 yards for the Seahawks on the entire second half. That's just mind boggling. Um, and like, I forget who said it, but outside of Aaron Donald, like what players do the Rams even have on defense? So it's going to be crazy, but I think the 49ers are going to continue their success. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. I'm looking forward to, this is Brock Purdy's first matchup with the Rams. Uh, if I, yeah, so he played Jimmy both times last year. So Brock Purdy gets a taste of this. I don't know if you would still consider it a rivalry, but this divisional matchup. Uh, Mike, what's one thing you're going to be keeping an eye on Sunday? Uh, I think the right tackle. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people were saying Burford was really bad. It was a debate that uh, Wayne and I had on a show earlier today. I think it's more important to, you know, really know what that right tackle is going to do. Um, the Rams, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not worried about any of their pass rushers, um, especially coming off of the edge. But I will be interested to see how they use Aaron Donald um, in that in that postseason game where they actually got the dub. He moved all up and down the defensive line. Uh, so I will be interested uh, to see how they do that. And we have to hope that McKivitz, uh just shows some improvement. You know, he, he has to. That's going to be, yeah, pretty uh, pretty important moving forward because I keep trying to tell myself not every team has a TJ Watt. Not every team has a TJ Watt. Like, it's like, it'll be okay. We're not going to be facing that. But then again, when you do get to the playoffs, most teams have at least one premier edge rusher. So I would hope by the time come late December, come January, we either have another answer at right tackle or McKivitz has maybe I'm being way too optimistic to say has evolved enough to be a solid starting right tackle. Um, But Hey, they got picks, they got cap space. It's not like, this is what also cracks me up. I've seen this a lot on Twitter guys. Deanna, I'm gonna throw it to you uh, after this. People go, why don't they just trade for one? They should just trade for a starting right tackle. There are not 32 starting caliber right tackles in the league to begin with. How many teams do you think are willing to part with any? If the 49ers, Deanna, this is what I'm going to toss to you with this question, then we'll get into our final score predictions, yada, yada. If they were to make a move for any position, you only have to say player, what position do you think that would be when the trade deadline were to get here? I know it's tough to predict weeks out. Just Mike. It's really hard um, to figure it out because we got around what? For what 40 million in cap space right now, if I'm not mistaken. A yeah, a just a little over. over, a little over 40 mil. Um, I honestly think that we cleared that cap space for two reasons. One, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, we're gonna have to break him off, or two, we cleared out the cap space so we'd be able to try to keep BA. Uh, because if he balls out, you know, throughout the whole season, he's definitely there, there'll definitely be another holdout because we all know how. The 49ers do with, you know, contract negotiations. It takes 50 years, but it gets done. Um, so we'll have to wait on John and Parag to, you know, figure out whatever they're going to figure out and hopefully pay the man. Um, if Drake Jackson keeps playing the way that he plays, I really don't see anything that we would need unless out of nowhere we sign a nickel because uh, – if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mike, didn't you say earlier um, on the show with you and Breezy that uh, uh, Ambry Thomas was benched? Or did I hear that somewhere else? No, I, so it was, 
he he was pulled because he, they thought he had a concussion. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't necessarily that okay. he was benched, but Kyle came out afterwards and said that he was clear. So oh, not, okay. not, I don't think they're worried about him. Okay. So that, that yeah. But I mean, like, honestly, a, a nickel DB would be the only thing I could think that we would really need. Everything else we're solid on. There's no one else that we really truthfully have to worry about. Um, you know, we didn't even get to see any of Ronnie Bell. So not worried about anything else. Um, I don't feel like we need another DN ace, bro. I feel like we're solid with our defensive line. You know, as long as the starters stay healthy and the guys that come in to spell them, keep doing what they're doing, that works. Um, I honestly think that our DNs are fine. Drake Jackson and, and Nick Bosa will do the job. If you've got the, that, that exterior rush coming at you that fast, because both of those dudes are quick off the ball. And then you've got uh, Eric and Javon in the middle just ridiculously pushing that. Like, there's no hope. And all you got to do truthfully is just everybody can take a page from Drake. Get your hands up. But I, outside of a nickel corner, I really don't see us making a move. Uh, we don't, we truthfully don't need anything. We have everybody at the positions that we have. And I, I just, I, I don't see a need to make a trade outside of that position. Okay. All right. I appreciate that. I'm actually surprised by that answer, but I appreciate it. Um, is there anything I didn't get to for this Rams game before we get into our predictions? Oh, uh, just that we're going to red out the stadium again. And, you know, there's going to be somebody in there with one of those stupid Rams towels doing the same thing he did. And they're going to say, what are you doing? And he's going to say, cleaning my house. What's going on, Bashar? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, here's the number one thing is, and I had I have to say this, Rudy was on on with Wayne earlier, just spitting absolute ignorance. Like, I get when you are a homer and you want to be a fan, but you got to be realistic. Like, this dude really makes it seem like the Rams are just going to come through and just wreck shock. You The last time you beat us was the NFC Championship game. Any other time, you lose. So I'm sorry. With those odds, with the rebuild that you guys are going through, it just doesn't look good for the Rams. I mean, just looking at it from an objective standpoint, not even being a homer. Just look at it. Anybody with a brain in their head right now definitely is going to pick the Niners. If you pick the Rams, you are just doing it for pure spite. Because there's it, it just there's no way. I'm sorry. I just don't see it. There's no – the thirty. Y'all go ahead. I'm not even going to entertain that. <laughs> All right. I uh, do want to say I, one thing really quick, though. I know uh, Darion Kendrick. Darion Kendrick is a, is a young, upcoming. I, I they they have players there because we don't know their names and they they they're not household names yet. Doesn't mean that they're not players. Um, that's one thing I want to say. Uh, but I wanted to ask Zach a question really quick. You said you were surprised by Dion's answer as if maybe there was someone you thought or a position you thought that the Niners should be trading for uh, outside of right tackle. What what was your surprise when, you know, Dion said, we're pretty much good? No, uh, okay, well, your caveat outside of right tackle, I was expecting just any offensive lineman, any offensive lineman, maybe a swing tackle, I don't know, but anyone maybe who has started a few games, maybe, I don't know. But uh, I actually agree with outside of right tackle or any offensive lineman, 
I I don't know where you could trade for somebody and they would play over who we have right now. I really don't. Maybe a second tight end, but Kyle for some reason is in love with Ross Dwelly and Charlie Warner that I don't even know if another tight end would sniff the field. So maybe it's their blocking abilities. Do you guys think the Niners should kick the tires on Lyle Collins? If he can pass a physical, I don't see why not. Hmm. Okay. Started a handful of games last year, if I remember correctly. I mean, he'd be cheap. He's not, you know, he's not going to cost us a ton of money. He's got the cap space. I mean, if he's, if he feels like he could, you know, come in and do something, maybe. But like I said, I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel so comfortable with what we have outside of maybe the nickel spot. I just, I don't see anything else that we truthfully need. We're set at receiver. Our line is pretty solid. We just have to make sure the right side gets it together. I know it's going to be a tough task for Burford and for uh, McKibbitt to deal with Aaron Donald because he's going nowhere near that left side. He did, anybody would have, anybody is smart is just, I'm not, I'm not going over there dealing with Trent, dealing with Aaron for what? I'm go over here where the weak guys are. Just makes sense. Hey, uh, I have a question. Do we see um, SoFi bring out the AI fans uh, this weekend? <laughs> in, in their defense, I heard that was like for the movie promotion. There, there's this new movie that's coming out. Uh, I, I don't know if they do it two weeks in a row, though. But, I mean, who knows? No, nah, Mike, no, nah, no. Nah. We ain't defending the Rams, sir. No, that was at a Chargers game, though. The the, the AI game. was at that was oh. for the Chargers. Oh, but I think SoFi is desperate yeah. right now because <laughs> the Rams played in Seattle on Sunday. So ah. th- those that AI was was yeah. Was we were right. my wife's a Dolphins fan, so we were watching Dolphins Chargers, and they kept showing them, and they were really creepy. <laughs> Somebody thought they were like real robots. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's just a person with makeup on. No, they were robots. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, actual robots. I've like, only I seen the they're pictures. Actual, they're actual, they're actual like, robot. robots. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, must have spent a lot of money on that promo. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, honestly, it, it's going to suck for the, for the Rams because they're paying the rent on that stadium. Like the Chargers literally are paying a dollar, literally a full dollar for rent because of what the Rams owner did. Like, this is not – and I'm not lying. Jim Everett, the great, you may want to talk to your owner, tell him stop doing sneaky, underheaded crap, and he won't have y'all paying the bulk of the rent, literally. That's their, a, their owner's rich as shit, though, so. He yeah, but what – okay, what rich – okay, put it like this. What rich person do you know wants to spend money they don't have to? Rich people are frugal. That's I mean, why he, they're he, rich. He knew getting with the – what is it, the um, – is it the – the, the owners of the Chargers on, are poor. Real, real no quick, um, SoFi was SoFi was entirely privately funded by Stan Kroenke. He paid for the whole thing. Mm. Taxpayers don't pay a dime for that. Nice. He's wealthy, wealthy. He's rich, rich. He's like yeah, so one of the two that, richest that's owners. Why, that's why he can charge the Chargers a dollar or whatever. It was just for to get the second team in there because if you don't remember, the, the – the Raiders had first dibs on LA if they wanted to go, and they chose to go to Las Vegas instead, which gave Chargers the second dib. It was like this whole thing that the NFL had to go through for it. But yeah, Kronky, it like Christian's right, dude. Kronky's richer than Godiva chocolate, bro. Like that dude can pay for whatever. He's 
yeah. So that yeah, that stadium's entirely entirely privately funded. It was like five billion dollars. And he literally just had like three teams win championships within the last two That's years. True, the yeah. Rams, the Rams, the the Avalanche, and the Nuggets. Good for oh him. wait, no, he owns all three of those. All three. Oh man, let me shut up then. That man ain't worried about a dime. He ain't <laughs> nope. worried about nothing. He wiped his ass with that money. My yep. bad. I didn't know he was balling like that. Honestly, I didn't. Yep. I didn't know he was and, balling like that. And the other thing that people overlook with the Chargers paying $1 a year in rent, by having the second team move in there, they actually got $200 million from the NFL's G4 fund to construct the stadium. So that was really the Chargers' contribution was $200 million towards it from the league. So it's kind of a whole thing, but yeah. Damn. All right, guys. Let's get into our predictions for the game. Let's start with offensive MVP predictions. I'm going to go first so I can steal it before you guys get to it. <laughs> I'm going to go with quarterback Brock Purdy. I think he's going to have another efficient day. I'm going to say 22 for 28, 250 yards, and another two touchdowns. That seems to be a sweet spot, two touchdowns. And by the way, I think we said it in the postgame show, but first quarterback in NFL history, first six starts with a pass rating, I believe, over 95, and also first quarterback to throw at least two touchdowns and win the first six starts. Brock Purdy's already in the Hall of Fame, already in the record books, so let's do this shit. Uh, Matt, I'm going to toss it back to you. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, the man who had himself a day the first time he played the Rams in a 49ers uniform. I'm going with Christian McCaffrey. I think he has 100 yards rushing, 50 yards receiving. He's going to have three touchdowns. I don't think he'll have a throwing one. It'll be two rushing and a receiving. Okay, Christian, who do you got? I'm going to go with the guy that we forgot to talk about who's the real daddy of the Rams and my boy Debo. He, he Every year his best games are against the Rams, dude. He owns them. He goes off every time we play the Rams, every single time without fail. So I'm going Debo. It, it was it was Ayuk's week last week. This week's Debo. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if you guys have caught uh, Debo on Up and Adams with Kay Adams. He has a reoccurring Tuesday segment. It's actually really entertaining, and it's a side of Debo you know, really get to see, so check that out on YouTube. Mike, who do you got? I was going to go with Debo as well. I think that Kyle is – using 49ers players in fantasy football is like trying to use Patriots players in fantasy football, right? Like Bill Belichick will have a guy rush for 300 yards and then bench him the next week. Like it's just – it's weird. And not that Kyle's going to bench anybody, but Kyle wants you to focus on this guy because I've got other weapons all over the place. Uh, I was going to go with Debo, but for the sake of being different, I think George Kittle might have a really good game coming across the middle, uh, test, testing people out over there, testing those linebackers out. Um I'm gonna. I'm going with Kittle all day. Kittle across the middle, baby. Speaking of fantasy, I really hope you're right because he gave me three points last week, and Elijah Mitchell gave me a whopping point six. I don't know why I threw him into my flex position at the last second, but I did. Uh, Dion, who do you got? Offensive MVP prediction. Uh, I'm gonna go with the same guy who went off last week, man. Ba all day. I'm sorry. I think Brandon Ayuk is in for a monster season. I think Brandon Ayuk is over a thousand yards and double digit TDs. He is looking to get paid along with um, – I love his, his pressure after the game. You know, they asked him about respect, and he was like, I'm not even worried about respect, man. I'm just going to go out there and do my thing. And that's the whole point. I'm going to let my play talk. Patrick Peterson, yeah, oh, my God. I, okay, look, I've seen old people in the club before. 
he looked like that old player in the club that's like 45, still trying to holler at the young girl. When that in his little post game interview, when he was explaining why he didn't get his interception, he had his little shirt on with his, you know, with the little button down. He was, I'm telling you, man, he looked like that dude who was, oh yeah, come here, baby, you know I got something for you. Like this, I'm sorry, but I, I think Brandon Ayuk is going to just bake anybody he goes against. I feel bad for the Rams DBs. I just, I, he's gonna cook somebody, and it's gonna be ugly. And when he does, I will be laughing. And when I do my show, I will be very happy to invite Jim Everett the Great on so I can laugh in his face. <laughs> Brandon, who do you got? Offensive MVP. You're muted. So Mike took my answer. I was going to go with George Kittle, too. It's okay, Mike. It's okay. I just think uh, this is the week that this is going to be his game. Um, but, Yeah. I think George Kittle is going to go off. All right. I'm going to double right back with you. Snake back down. Defensive MVP, Brandon. Who do you got? Defense, I am going with – I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going with uh, Hargrave. I think he's going to get two sacks this game. Okay. I like it. Dion, right back at you. Defensive MVP. I'm sticking with my dog, Drizzy Drake Jackson, or as Peachy calls him, Drake Action Jackson. Some people call him Drake Saxon. Call him whatever you want, but don't call him late to sack the quarterback. Drake Jackson, baby. All right. Mike, who do you got? I'm going to go with Fred Warner. Uh, I think he's going to lead the team in tackles this week. And uh, he dropped a gimme, a gimme last week. Fred's going to make up for it this week. He's going to be all over the field. One of my favorite uh, highlights, I believe it was against the Rams, was him like diving over someone, like just coming straight across the field. My man is running this way. Fred's coming this way, and he just dives over a Niner player, just lays my man out. Um, I believe that was the I believe yeah. that was the team that he was doing that against. Fred Warner hits a different gear, uh, and he 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 owes the team something for that drop pick from last week. So he's going to be looking to cash in right now. And before I toss it to Christian, speaking of Warner, Niners podcast, anybody following Fred Warner's new podcast? I have. He has one with uh, the 33rd team, him and his wife. It's cool. It's cool to get a, a, a view into them that you don't normally see. Um, kind of her side of the podcast is like the wife of an athlete, NFL player type podcast. And he talks very little X's and O's of football. Just never. If you're going to go listen to it for that, don't. Although apparently this week he's going to have Demetrius Flanagan files on it because his wife is going to be out of town. Uh, so check it out if you guys want to check it out. It's pretty cool. Uh, Christian, who do you got for defensive MVP? I'm going to go Armstead because, I mean, he really was the MVP kind of last week. I mean, the, the amount of pressure he got up the middle was insane. And I think it's going to actually turn into sacks this week because, you know, Stafford's not going to move much out of the pocket. So he'll be there for for Armstead to be able to take down. You know, Armstead was getting that pressure, but Pickett was able to escape, and he, you know, he pushed him right into uh, Jackson sack. A uh, Jackson sack. So I think I think Armstead's going to continue playing well, but I think he's going to. It's actually going to show up and be. He's going to get uh, a sack or two. Okay, Mike, you have something to say? I just want to say, I'm watching the game again through two drives, Matthew Stafford is actually moving pretty well in this pocket. And again, it's just two drives. I don't know if he wears down later on in the game. And, you know, you know how the, the opening drives are for teams, right? They're very meticulous. So, I mean, it could have all been part of the game plan so far, but 
he is navigating this pocket really well. He's not panicking. Uh, he he knows where the checkdowns are. He's making some sidearm throws when the pressure is coming right up the middle at him. He's throwing it around the defender with his arms up in the air. I mean, I know that he missed the eight games last year. Um, and there were talks about maybe he's going to retire and all that stuff, but he he's looking decent so far through two drives. And if that's the if that's the uh, guy that we see, he's not going to be the statue that we're, we're expecting or anticipating. Well, that's the thing about these early season games is mostly everyone's healthy. So right. we'll see how right. long that lasts. <laughs> there's also reports they tried trading him this offseason. So I mean, weird even, as it is. Even the time when we played him when he was healthy and moving the pocket. Like in the playoff game that we ended up losing, we still we still hit him a bunch and sacked him a bunch. We just didn't play good enough offensively to win that game. Don't so I, I, no matter what Stafford we get, it really does not scare me because we always get to him. We, we every time we played him, we've had multiple sacks, whether he's healthy or not. So yeah. we we just were his kryptonite. I mean, he really struggles against our defense. I just I I. Even if he's looking good against the Seahawks defense, I just feel like he might have some good throws and make some good plays because he's Matthew Stafford. But we're going to get a lot of pressure, and when on on a, the money downs, third down, that's when we're going to get the sacks. I just think it's going to be just like every other time we played him. Matt, who do you got? No, I just want to touch on that real quick. Matthew Stafford does make some plays, but he will put the ball in danger. Expect more of the same out of that. Y'all already know what I'm going to say. Y'all already know. It's each and every week. And the one time it happened, I wasn't on the show. So if I didn't see it, it wasn't real. Nick Bosa, three sacks and a forced fumble. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. What are the chances the one time it actually did happen, Matt, was it here? <laughs> That's why it's the simulation, bro. It was a glitch in the Matrix. All right. For me, in my opinion, since for the past couple years, there's two players that have owned the Rams and the 49ers, Debo Samuel. Talanoa Hufanga. I'm going to go Hufanga. I think he's going to have another interception this week on Matthew Stafford. Just like Matt said, he puts the ball in harm's way. Regardless of how many lasers he's throwing, there's still a couple of ridiculous balls he gets in there that are going to get picked off. I think Hufanga has at least an interception, and he's just going to be flying around the field come Sunday. All right, guys. Final score predictions. I'll start, and we'll double back up just like we did with the predictions. Offensive, defensive, MVP. Final score predictions. I'm going to go... 27-13 49ers. I think they cover. I believe it's currently like an eight-point spread, which is pretty crazy on the road. But I think this team is just on a different level right now than the Rams. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to do you one better. I think the trend continues with Brock Purdy and those 30-point performances. I'm going 49ers 31, Rams 13. Christian. I know it's kind of lame, but I'm sticking with the not making a not making picks. <laughs> okay, that's fine. I just you got go tradition with, going. I, I just I just been I haven't been doing it, and we've been we've been winning. We're all scared of something. Stick with We're it. all I'm just, scared of something. I'm superstitious. I'm just gonna yeah. stick with it, right? I didn't make one last hey, week. I'm gonna continue. It's only it's only weird if it doesn't work, man. Right? Exactly. So. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go with. Uh, if you want a prediction from me, we're gonna we're gonna end up with six sacks in this game and two interceptions. If you want a prediction from him, go to his onlyfans.com/slash Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's your prediction? I'll keep it short and sweet, man. I think the Niners dominate this game. Uh, I think we take our foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, but that doesn't mean much. I'm gonna go Niners 37, the Rams 23. 
Hey. That's like Kyle's worst nightmare if you listen to this last press conference talking about how Detroit Lions in week one of 2021 scared him straight, pulling his starters because they almost came back. <laughs> Dion, who do you got? What do you got? Excuse me. Uh, I'm going to go a little different, man. I'm going to say 37-7. I, I, I really see us putting a lot of points up on the Rams, and I do honestly see Matthew Stafford feeling like he's going to have a good game. I feel like he's going to have like that one drive early in his in the game that's going to set him up to feel better than he, he normally would. And then next thing you know, right in the mouth, somebody's just going to come and sack him and just knock him back into reality. You know what I'm saying? I, I have to say 37-7. I, I just I, – I don't know. The rookie receivers um, versus our veteran DBs, you know, the fact that they don't necessarily have a running game. The O-line is very suspect. Um, you know, I, I just – our offense – like we're better than them in every phase of the game. We truthfully are, and I'm not even being a homer. I'm just looking at it from an objective standpoint. So 37-7, I don't see the Rams – winning this game at all. They've lost to us the last eight times. What's going to change now? Okay. Brandon. Uh, so I'm going to go um, 35 to 7, and they only get that seven points because of some stupid penalties, kind of like what they did last week. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right, guys. This is something we do. You guys haven't been on for, but we do a chat pack question. To end every show. And I'm going to get a good one here. Sorry. Getting a lot of... There we go. Okay. I'm going to get a good one here. And we'll pick a nice question for somebody... For all of us to answer. And in the chat too. And by the way, guys. The chat, if you get the file score prediction right, we'll send you some merch. Only one person has ever gotten it right before. And they did not respond when we hit them up to pick their merch out. So you can be the first person to get your merch if you correctly guess the score. It has to be before kickoff, though. You can't wait until, you know, five minutes left in the game and comment. Okay. This is a good one. If you were asked to create the ultimate vacation destination, where would it be located and what would it look like? Chat, like I said, you can ask, answer as well in the chat. If you were asked to create the ultimate vacation destination, where would it be located and what would it look like? This is a tough one. I don't know. If, if anybody has an answer already, please feel free. Yep. I got one. Go that was quick. It's. Hold on. Let me give me just one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Stafford, a better quarterback than Purdy. Okay, I got you. Um, it's it's Thursday, right? It's it's February eighth, twenty twenty four. The setting, Caesar's Palace, Las Vegas, right? You're sitting there at the sports book. They're guiding you through. And what do you see on the screen? Bet to win it all, San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. Oh, and what's this? You go by the bar. All of a sudden. Sir, you're the winner. Here's your Super Bowl tickets, 50-yard line. Super Bowl Super Bowl in 2024, 49ers there, quest for six. We're going to get it done. Let's go, baby. Nothing like Las Vegas for 49ers football. Damn. All right. I love it. By the way, I just I texted the chat this, this morning, and I just did this yesterday. Seriously, I texted the group, not the chat. Chat, 
This is the perfect time to ask for Super Bowl Monday off. It's far out enough that probably nobody has it, but it's enough out in time that it's not weird for you to ask for it off. Say you got some family coming over. Trust me, you will not regret taking the Monday after Super Bowl off. I've done it for the past like three years in a row. Get hammered, watch the game, eat good food, and not have to go to work the next day. It's just, it's the best thing. So right now, September 13th, as we record this, ask for it off. I believe it's February 12th. Ask for it off. All right. My dream vacation. Uh, this is actually a tough one because it's either somewhere in like central California or the Pacific Northwest. Like if you could put me in the woods where it's like 60 degrees, a little stormy. I'm in like a cabin with my dogs, my girl. That's pretty perfect for me. If you just give me a week out there, like disconnected from everything, which is a little cabin, I'd, I'd be pretty happy. Mac, Mike, excuse me, you got one? I do. I do. Uh, I'm going back to Cancun in the winter. Just give me the winter. The humidity damn near doesn't exist. Um, you know, we went in December for a wedding. Um, we were there for a week. And even when it rained, it was still beautiful, right? Like your high was 89 one day and it didn't feel like 89 at all. I don't know if it's because I'm up here in the Northeast, but 89 here is sweltering. It, it weighs on you out there. When the wind blew, you, you got cool. You just sat out in the sun. It was beautiful. Uh, we just sat around and just asked for drinks the entire time. We didn't pay for it. Well, obviously we paid for the resort that we were on, right? This, this, uh, all inclusive resort, but it was phenomenal. It was no worries about anything. If we wanted them to come in and make the beds, fine, all, albeit, but like we walked in this beautiful suite, uh, the bottles of champagne sitting on the table, the fresh fruit basket sitting there waiting for you and everything and zero cares in the world. Uh, it was just good, fresh air. We got to sit there and look at dolphins and it, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. I've got, I've got to get back out there again in the winter time in the winter. I would not want to go in the summer. I can't imagine what the heat is like then. But in the wintertime, it was absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I've never been. I've never been. It sounds sounds beautiful. Uh, Jose says, Central Cali, bro, Fresno. Says, I'm talking like San Luis Obispo, Pismo area. I believe that's still classified as, as Central California. Uh, who hasn't gone? I got one. Go ahead, Dion. For me, man, I ain't even going to front you. Uh Greece, I've just seen so many pictures, man, and it just looks like beautiful. Always like I've Santorini, always right? Wait, did I say it again? Like Santorini, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, it looks incredible, yeah. I love when I see like clear water and you can literally see through the shit. Like that right there is just like complete zen. Like whenever I actually do go back home to California, that's what I hit the beach. It's the first place I'll usually want to go. And I just sit there, man, just breathe the salt water in, you know, just find your peace. But, yeah, man, I would love to go to Greece and just relax, man, and just, you know, have, like, some nice little, you know, breakfast. You know, just take me and the wife, man, and be able to get out there and just have a good time. But I, I'd say Greece and then, you know, 49er game on in the background. Yeah, it works. It works. That's why I, I said the, I said the funny one, right? Like I said, the Super Bowl thing, but in actuality, it would probably be somewhere like Bora Bora or Fiji or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I was I was thinking about saying it. I have seen so many beautiful pictures of New Zealand, 
but I have no idea what the weather is like out there. So that's why I was like, I was so hesitant, but it just looks incredible. Like the New Zealand. Yeah, like the crazy. land in general is just beautiful. I feel like the air there is completely right. different than the shit we're yep. breathing here. Once I found out they filmed Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter mm -hmm. in New Zealand, yeah, in New like, Zealand, oh, yeah. shit, I gotta check this place out. Yeah, yeah. but I hate beautiful, flying. Beautiful I hate flying, and that'd probably be like a twenty-something hour flight. Uh, Brandon Christian, I think you're like only sixteen, bro. It's like 16? sixteen. Yeah. That's <laughs> um, I got one. Uh, so I'm I'm half Sicilian, so the place I want to go is Sicily. I always wanted to go to Sicily. Looks like a beautiful place to visit and just see how it is out there. So, yeah, Sicily. Show, Christian. Mine would be uh, Japan in oh. April. In April, because I want to go. I want to go see the countryside and the beautiful pink cherry blossoms. Just you know, pure nature and listen to the sounds of some of the most beautiful nature you could ever see, and. Uh, learn some about the go and see some of the places and learn some about some of the ancient history of Japan with the, you know, all the different, there's so much history there. Um, I'd love to even, you know, take an excursion to go, to go see one of the Japanese giant salamanders that are um, protected, even for even touching them, you can get put in jail. So like, but they'll, they do take people to, to see them. So I'd love to do, do that. Um, you know, <clears throat> go get my own handmade uh, kimono. You know, just that sounds perfect to me. Just beautiful, ancient country. That's awesome. Yeah. I got a friend who went to Japan. He said, you got to do three weeks minimum. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Because I, I want to see like, more like most, a month. You got to do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I want to I want to see most of the countryside more than I even want to see. Yeah, the... Tokyo itself is going to take you like a week to just like touch the major points. Right. Oh, I and know. Then that. You know, you got you All got the little uh, islands. Yep, you got the islands, you got Osaka, you have Hiroshima, you you know, you got all the all the different places that you can go up and down. And that's just population, right? And like you said, countryside is beautiful. Um, cherry blossoms or as they're known in Japan, Sakura. Uh, very, very cool. Very, very cool trees. That's awesome. All right, guys, we like to do these chat pack questions just to let you guys learn a little about us outside of football. We think it's fun. So if you guys like it, you want to see more, hit like, hit subscribe. I want to give a huge thank you to my cast this evening, Christian, of course, Matt and Mike. You guys always make time. Appreciate it. Brandon and Dion as well. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, all of our handles are on the screen. I would give everybody a minute to say goodbye, but it's going to take too long since there's so many of us. Uh, hit like and subscribe. And like I said, follow everybody's podcast, follow everybody's YouTube channel, or subscribe, I should say, Forever Faithful Podcast, Niner Game Podcast. And of course, you know Mike over at Nothing But Niners. Uh, follow Nothing But Niners on Instagram, Patreon.com as well. Whatever I believe the other guys have a Patreon as well. Uh, is that correct, Dion? I know you got a Patreon. All right, so Patreon.com/slash for podcast for a faithful podcast and Niner Game Podcast. Support the crew, guys. We appreciate everybody for tuning in. Now they got all that out. Matt, you want to carry us out? Absolutely. Week two, another week, another win for the 49ers. We're going to invade Levi's South, turn the place red. We're going to paint the Rams red as we beat their ass on the field. So we're going to keep it short and sweet tonight. Thank you, everybody who joined us uh, on the panel and in the chat. We love having you here. So let's go get another dub. And until next time, go Niners.